Hi, and welcome to episode 460 of the MWA podcast. I'm Kyle, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sean and Mark. Brian is on assignment this week. Today, we're excited to have Robert Spies as our guest. Rob is an outstanding and award-winning professional furniture maker, talented woodworker instructor, and director of woodcraft at Berea College of Student Craft. So welcome to the show, Rob. Thanks for having me. Well, I can't wait to get into all the things that you do at uh, Rhea College of Student Craft. I think, what, you must wear like three or four hats, it looks like, at that place. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, It's exciting, a lot of energy. Um, Right now, it's the summertime, so there's not many students here. Um, But yeah, a lot of fun over here. Well, fantastic. Well, before we get to more with uh, visiting with Rob, let's jump into the woodworking news. So um, first off, from Lost Art Press, they have an English translation of Jaga Sankuvest. Sundkist. 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 Okay. I, I wanted to throw this to you, Mark, just to have you uh, go through the pronunciation, but I'm sure... Yogi, Yogi, Yogi Sundkist. Okay, but I'm sure our uh, listeners will get a uh, blast out of me mispronouncing that. <laughs> So anyway, he has a book um, that was in uh, sweet Swedish, I guess, uh, Carsnet, Carving, Pattern, and Color in the Sloyd Tradition. And uh, they have done an English translation of that book. So you can find that available over at uh, Lost Art Press. It's $42. And um, I've heard great things about this book, and it's probably going to be on my list to pick up because um, it, it looks pretty interesting. I don't know if y'all uh, know much about uh, his work and stuff like that. I do follow him on Instagram, even though I can't pronounce his name. He's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of fun to see uh, as a presenter. If any if ever gets ever gets a chance to go see him, he's uh, he's quite entertaining. Really? Have you been? I saw him at Greenwood Fest um, mm-hmm. the first year that it was there. He was he had like I don't know like techno music playing as he was you know carving out a shrink box and. Um, it was it was really entertaining, a lot of fun, and the this book looks gorgeous. The yes, the photography and the colors look amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Well, anything Lost Star Press, they've done a fantastic job on. Oh, but of course. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely outstanding. Well, uh, next up, and this is hot off the presses, uh, was announced uh, today as we're recording this that uh, Sean Murphy has the six degree all steel. Uh, metal reamers back in stock so mm-hmm. they're not listed in stock yet on his website but um, i'm sure he'll get that updated maybe later this evening but uh, for right now you can still get them at the old price if you hit them up quickly hopefully that still holds true by the time you listen to this episode or they may be at the uh, the new price which is going to be a little bit more ex- expensive but he does have a um half inch follower that mounts on the tip of this reamer also to uh let you um ream easily you know like stuff for back posts or arm supports or something like that uh depending on what you do so that's another option that he has on there and he also has ordered additional half inch uh followers that you can uh, buy so any of those that any of y'all that bought the uh reamer that he was selling before i think that came with a 9 16 inch follower if memory serves me right but you can also pick up this uh, half inch follower too if you want to so he did get you know some extras of those made so check that out and uh, that's over at um, sean murphy windsorchairs.com and as always in the uh, uh, podcast description we'll have links to all the stuff we're talking about mm-hmm. that's good so. that he's getting them back that's a I'm sure it's a, yeah. a, a well sought after, well sought after tool. Yeah, it is. It is. A lot of people, in fact, uh, He's been uh, waiting like a Lori. Long time, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took him eight months to get these in. So, yeah. Which the first batch uh, took over a year, but that was during uh, COVID times. But yeah, mm. so he got another. Uh, I forgot exactly how many he ordered. He was going to do half of the original order he did um, way back when, but I think he ended up getting the same number, or maybe even some more additional does, one, but does yeah. he make them or does he outsource? He outsources those. He has a machine shop. I was going to say that'd be pretty, uh, pretty difficult to specialize in. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and that's a, that's a problem is he's got a machine shop that does it, but of course that machine shop does a lot of stuff. So it's, and this isn't a, 
huge order for them. <laughs> it's a huge yeah. order for, you know, anybody that's selling these things, you know, and stuff like that, but it's not a huge order for the machine shop he works at. So he sure. has to wait till they have time to get to it and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so uh, check that out. Uh, out And like I said, those are excellent reamers. Uh, a lot of folks used them. I think uh, Blake Lore used them on his big uh, chair build that he did recently. I know there's a bunch of other chair makers and I might have even seen a picture of Curtis Buchanan using one of them. So mm. yes. <laughs> but uh anyway, next up I want to talk a little bit about uh Pepe Lima's Hyperion project. And I'm gonna put you on the spot, Mark. Didn't you have a little uh back and forth with him on the uh Hyperion project? I did. I don't remember who it was one of our guests that brought Pepe to my attention. And I've been following him ever since. And uh, you know, mm -hmm. he 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 released this project called the Hyperion Project. It's basically a free technical drawing. I I got a link to it, but I haven't downloaded it yet. And uh, he's partnered with Shinobi underscore Tree uh, here in the U.S. to distribute all of the the data. But um, the idea was to create, you know, put something out there for free use. So basically, Creative Commons and you know, you can you can build it and sell it, or you can make changes to it. Um, he he was in the original post. He was just saying that he was grateful to be a part of the woodworking community and was really pleased to have been you know mentioned on a podcast. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I you know I hit him up. I said, "Would that happen to have been the Modern Woodworkers podcast?" And he says, "Yep, that was it." You know, so ah, he, yeah. he he. Uh, I don't know if somebody told him about it or if he was a listener. If you're, if yeah. you are a regular listener, Pepe, thank you for listening. Yeah, no, um, it was uh, it was uh, Andy Minier with uh, Swell Furniture that. Okay. Yeah. Brought us to so, brought, brought him to our attention, but yeah. Hope maybe maybe he was you know already listening and I'm just surprised to find himself mentioned. But <laughs> uh, he's an incredible designer, like really cool modern designs. Not not all of them are things that you know your average woodworker would even. There's a lot of upholstery work and that sort of thing, but um, but the design work is like really on point, beautiful stuff, and I I find a lot of inspiration in it. I, I find myself looking at his pieces, thinking, hmm, how could I how could I change that around and make it work with my style of woodworking? And so he's actually addressing that with this Hyperion project. So, um, well, we have a link to Shinobi underscore Tree yep. in the notes. Okay, and also probably Pepe's. Uh, Instagram feed if you want to follow that as well. Yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting thing. I reached reached out to Shinoba Tree and uh, mm -hmm. told him I was interested in that, and he sent me a link to the I guess the uh, Google Drive that they have with all the stuff. Mm -hmm. And he's they have everything on these chair plans, you know, actual plans as well as um, you know, basically um, CAD ready stuff that's ready to go straight to yeah CNC machines stuff like that. I think there's several different things. So yep. Cool. So it's pretty cool. And uh, he said, feel free to build this, feel free to sell this, <laughs> you know, whatever you want to do. It's his gift to the woodworking community, basically. Very, so, very cool. Yeah, it is. It's pretty cool. Um, so um, next up is Lee Valley, and uh, they have a sawtill out there, a four sawtill. Looks like they've been at it with the CNC and some Baltic birch plywood <laughs> and have uh, crafted Not this. Uh, Wait, can they Baltic get Baltic birch up there? There is no restriction on Baltic birch, believe it or not. There's a lot of people wow. that aren't carrying them, obviously. But I, last I heard, there's really no restriction of importing this. And, of course, they're in Canada anyway. But, um, yeah. so, but yeah, yeah. So it looks like an interesting thing. It's, you know, $56.50. Um, you know, I'm looking at this. This is something you could probably steal the design for and make it yourself. It looks fairly simple, but at that price, it would probably take me longer in time and materials than it would be just pay the, you <laughs> yeah. know, fifty six fifty for it. You know, and I'll, I'll tell you what, if you those little those little magnets, oh yeah, nifty, those are nifty damn little you know things. I'm sure they're super simple, but that would yeah, uh, they sell them they sell them for uh, uh, cabinet door. Catches, oh okay I, I have a couple because what you know. i did like I, mm. I i made a saw till and i just curved every saw into a horizontal board to mm -hmm. hold the top end but i like the magnet idea mm -hmm. you can kind of just place it and just make sure all your saws are at the different heights can hit you know that that spot and kind of tune it just for it that's an interesting i mean not the most ingenious thing by any means but um yeah you could i mean you could look at this and go yeah i could do this except i have six saws 
and so and so they have they have an eight saw till. Yep. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I I find myself grumbling just a little bit with this. It's the detailing on the on the assembly, the construction, the the gaps at the tops and the bottoms of all the parts, and the mm-hmm. uh, and the, that stuff could all really have been resolved with just like a couple extra cuts on the CNC, and all that stuff would have been hidden. And so I oh, find I myself thinking, saying, yeah. why didn't they just you know overlay you know put put shoulders on the ends of those pieces of plywood to cover up those grooves and mm-hmm. make it look a little cleaner? Because Lee Valley, you know, they're they make good stuff, you know. Oh, so, yeah, I don't know. I, that That's my only gripe about this. I, it's such a simple, great little design. Um, and it is definitely a good deal. I just don't, you know, they could have spent 10 more cents and, and, and addressed all that stuff. But I don't know. So, nope. yes, it's, it's, it's a very small nitpicky thing. But my design eye says that should have been resolved. Yeah. Well, you, you know. should make something for yourself. Make something for yourself. Yes. Your saws. Yes. Well, my saws are all like, you know, hanging on a hook somewhere or something (laughs) (laughs) a little personality yeah yeah exactly exactly so but anyway it's i thought it was it was interesting interesting so um let's see next up i wanted to talk a little bit about the texas woodworking festival is coming up uh here in a few weeks so they uh have added a couple of new exhibitors uh, in the last few weeks and one of the ones that i was especially excited about was bar specialty tools which uh he makes mm-hmm. a lot of good stuff um draw knives scorps uh big ass chisels i think you can i think that i can say that um but uh, say whatever you want exactly exactly i don't think you have to put an explicit warning on anything <laughs> no nah, i don't think so but uh, anyway so i'm i'm interested i've never met uh uh is it mike bar something like that i've never met him i've seen i've 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 seen uh, him on YouTube and stuff like that. He seems like a pretty cool guy and makes some excellent, excellent tools. So I'm really uh, interested to uh, talk with him and visit with him while I'm out there. And uh, yeah, so, you know, we got, um, it's uh, if you're not familiar with the Texas Woodworking Festival, then you must not have been listening to us for any length of time. But uh, it is going to be mm-hmm. August 26th through 27th. And it's in uh, Austin, Texas at the Palmer Events Center. And you can buy tickets now. And uh, they have uh, everything from just uh, attending the event to going to the educational seminars to special VIP um, uh tickets and all of that kind of stuff but uh go out there to texaswoodworkingfestival.com to check that out very cool yeah pretty exciting that you could go to that again oh yeah yeah i'm looking forward to it it's going to be it's going to be fun it's going to be fun uh i just noticed uh blake Laurie's also going to be out there exhibiting so we'll be able mm-hmm. to spend some time with uh blake and speaking of blake um who do we have to shout out this week yeah you know we, we always like to give a big shout out to our patreon supporters and this week as you just mentioned we're going to give that shout out to our friend Blake Laurie. Blake, thank you for your support. And if you, dear listener, would like to support us just like Blake does, you can go to patreon.com slash MWA podcast and send us a couple of dollars there. Exactly. Blake. Thanks, Blake. So let's uh, move on to what's in the shop. So, uh, Mark, what are you working on? Well, I just got back from some travel. I was, uh, it was in the Black Hills in South Dakota with my family and, um, got back from that and immediately turned around and went to Amana. And uh, I was a pre-visit to Amana? Yeah. Well, I was up there. So the I've got this class that I'm running the four days after the event. And um, the and that event is? Oh, uh, Handworks, of course. <laughs> the uh, Handworks 2023, this may be the last. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's just a working name work which, <laughs> which, may, which which means i guess this may be the last time i teach a class right after the event i'm not sure so you know yeah. you should sign up because it's a limited opportunity now, um, do you have that do you have the event up on your website i yet? do it's 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 okay. i got put up there yesterday so okay. uh four-day class hand tool intensive making a, a post and rung stool with a, a reed seat a woven reed seat but um it's I'm teaching it in the a manager a furniture shop. So uh, the manager up there, Chris Ward, is he said you got to come up here and look. Um, he's like this place is a maze. Like you need to just you need to see all the potential spaces and figure out what's the best one. So we we wandered around his shop for a couple of hours before they opened and on uh, Monday morning and and figured out what we're gonna do and um, was lucky enough to catch uh, Jamil and Father John from Benchcrafted 
in town. Uh, and so I had lunch with them and had the distinct joy and honor of driving Jamil's 911 after lunch, which was totally oh, fun. Wow. Yeah. He's like, we were talking about, we were, we were kind of talking about their cars. And I said, you know, the closest I'll ever get to a Porsche is my old 69 Volkswagen Beetle. And they're like, you have a 69 Beetle. We have a 69 Beetle. And so, um, <laughs> My my beetle is long long gone, but they still have theirs. And he said, "Hey, you want to go for a ride?" <laughs> I was like, "Yeah." And uh, we drove, you know, a little ways out of town and pulled into a a little parking lot area. And he's like, "You want to drive back?" And I said, "Oh no, I don't." He's like, "Why not?" <laughs> so uh, oh, it was man. a lot of fun. It was it was amazing how um, sitting getting into that car was a lot like getting into my old beetle. You know, the door latches are the same. The headliner is the same. The smell is kind of the same. <laughs> I know and that smell. I, I know that it. smell. My brother had a 73 Beetle. Yeah, yeah. And the so coconut fibers smell. and the old, like, leather, not leather, plastic vinyl something. And, yeah, so, and, uh, you know, it, it shifts just like mine. It just has a lot more power. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun to drive. So, um, yeah, they were... Um, you know, very, very gracious to take time out of their day and, and, uh, and have some, have a meal with me. And that was a lot of fun and, um, go Jamil the stool and he was pretty excited about the class and he's like, I may want one of these benches myself or stools myself. So, uh, I told him if he wasn't, you know, running a huge show, he could sit, sit in on the class, but I think they'll be pretty busy in the days after the, the event. So, um, and then, you know, this week I'm just getting ready for a uh, Boggs Berea ladderback class next week. So I've got four students coming in. Uh, Jeff is coming in to co-teach this one. No, I was going and, to ask you, yeah, if he was coming. Yeah, and cool. that's and I am just so glad I bought a really good air conditioner because it's going to be in the triple digits next week. Mm-hmm. And I c- could not imagine teaching in a shop in that heat without without AC. That would just be miserable. Yeah. So. And um, I don't know, working on videos. I'm still working on. I don't know if you guys have been watching the, oh the, yeah, uh, the series on post and rung drilling geometry. And um, this next video is going to cover. It's going to introduce the bottom half of the Berea ladderback. So you've got rake and splay and um, all kinds of interesting angles to deal with. So that's what we're getting into this week. And uh, and I'm sure when my son gets home from Cub Scout camp, he's going to be like, let's edit the next video for our chair making series. So um, hopefully I'll get a, another session or two in with Henry here in the shop on his chair. Is uh, he, if, I mean, is he enjoying the editing process or being more? Oh, well, he's building video. a chair, right? Or building. Yeah. Well, so we're both, we're both building yeah. a chair. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I show him a demo and um and cut him loose and you know kind of i don't have you seen them they're i have i'm just wondering like you said you said oh can we edit and i was like oh is he, he, yeah so. yeah he, he likes to he likes to sit down and edit and he doesn't um he doesn't always agree with my ruthless editing tech you know like cutting out <laughs> yeah you know because i i feel like you know it, if, if you want people to finish a video you've got to just be really really ruthless with with your editing, you have to cut out everything that's even remotely boring. So, um, so we, we go back and forth a little bit, but you know, you, one of us gives in and, uh, (laughs) yeah. So he, one of these days I'll just hand it over to him. I'll be like, here, here you go. Edit this one. Um, but you know, right now I'm just having him sit, you know, sit and watch over my shoulder and just sort of, Mm -hmm. you know, talking through everything that I'm doing. So, um, so yeah, hopefully he will get into the editing that will make it much less work for me. Yeah, it's but, it's cool to see and for him to see the kind of how the sausage is made. I'm sure mm-hmm. that, you know the content he's taken, and you don't really think about the editing. But every every content creator I've heard talk about it has said how much the editing is equal to, if not more than, the project that's filmed. Yeah, no, yeah. right. It's more. It's more. Yeah, it's a lot. It's you know you yeah, and we're we're fortunate enough to just be doing this with one camera um, because he is working and I'm just filming him. And talking mm-hmm. so so it's um and occasionally like i'll do a demo and um and he'll try to film me <laughs> that has mixed results but uh he i think that'll be in the second video there's a part where i said here you you take the camera and let me show you what i'm talking about here and um <laughs> and there's some point where it's like daddy i i was watching i forgot all about the camera you know and so um we'll see we haven't edited that one yet but um <laughs> 
it's 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 fun. I cannot wait to watch this with his kid. You know, like in thirty oh, years right. or whatever. I think that'll be a ton of fun. And so, uh, I I don't did I mention his channel is Henry's Wide World. So if anybody wants to see, you know, what my teaching style is like, <laughs> you can uh, you can watch it there. I guess Henry's but, uh, Wild World. Okay, all right. Henry, Henry's Wide World. Wide World. Yeah. So. Okay. But All right. uh, yeah, I'll I'll try to include that into the uh, uh, podcast description. <laughs> okay. <notes too. laughs> yeah. So that's that is that is my I get that's like a month of stuff right there. But um, yeah, it was. It's been a busy. Yep. Yeah. Thanks for not kicking me off the show with all the <laughs> all the time I spend away from the show. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Never. Yes. Oh, yes. and before I forget, we will have Jamil on the podcast next too. So. Mm-hmm. Listeners be looking forward to that. So yeah, looking forward to that one. That's yeah. gonna be cool. So, so Sean, Sean, yeah, yeah. What about you? Yeah, so I actually just got back uh, over the last long weekend from a a weekend in northern Michigan, uh, as you do from Northwest Ohio. You go to the state above you, um, and I got a chance to stay in thanks to my wife's work. A very historic hotel, um, Midwesterners. I actually, I, I don't know how long the 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 story is known, but the Grand Hotel on Mackinac Island is kind of a thing that's that's mentioned. It's it's one of the old um, the rail railways and steel steel you know owners built these luxury hotels back in the 1800s. Mm-hmm. And this thing is a what is it? It's over 600 rooms. It definitely has a shining vibe to it. <laughs> yeah, it's. It, but it, it's crazy because it's it's on an it's on an island that's in Lake Huron, um, right just just uh, east of the Mackinac Bridge between the Upper and Lower Peninsula of Michigan. You got to take mm. a ferry to get it. They outlawed cars in the 1880s. It was built in the 18 early 1880s, and they just flat out that early outlawed motorized vehicles. So mm. horse-drawn carriages take deliveries to restaurants, take your baggage from the the ferries. And bikes are for rent. I mean, there's a lot. There's way more bikes than horses. But my my son looked it up. There's like 600 horses on this island that are doing cool. work. That's cool. It's really cool. It was a stay mm. away from. It, it was like a a a fancy step back in time. You know, the every room apparently is decorated differently. Um, the pool is named after Esther Williams because she shot a movie there. <laughs> like it's like old, old, old. Mm-hmm. But there's good Wi-Fi and there's TVs and you know and like in every room and uh, the best shower I think I've ever had in a, in a hotel by any means. Um, and the five that... course dinner and mm-hmm. a dining hall that's two hundred feet deep. Wow. like insane. Anyway, that was yeah. very very cool. Kyle, how about you? Stay anywhere cool? Um, no, no. <laughs> both of y'all looks like I need to take a vacation. Golly. Do it. Yes, yes. No, I just been uh, just been puttering around the shop. You know, I've got uh, got get got some orders out some stuff like that um besides that i've been doing um a couple of things as far as doing some uh, iterations on some of my existing jigs just uh messing around a little bit with the design not from any functionality point of view but just more like uh ease of construction and stuff of that nature just trying to streamline the process a little bit so we'll see where that goes but um i did do um, a couple of videos out uh, lathe uh, tapering jig. I did a video on that a couple of months ago. It got a lot of good feedback and a lot of people want some more build information on it. So I released today a video with more build information on the jig as well as a, a link to a document where I have all links to all the uh, parts and, you know, the dimensions and all that good stuff um, so that you know, you can get everything relatively easily. And I think the jig costs you about $150 in parts. That doesn't include, you know, taxes, shipping, and uh, plywood costs, which are all, should be relatively minimal. But so I have that video out, and then I just released a new video a couple of days ago based on how, once you've built this thing, how you then calibrate it to your lathe to cut the taper tenons. And I did it for both the normal six degree tenon most uh, Windsor chair makers use as well as the 12.8 degree tenon which matches the Lee Valley reamer so what I've been up to so Rob what have you been working on in your shop I've got a lot going on here I'm, I'm kind of nearing the finish line on there a number of things um, a run of eight rocking chairs 
um, that we're making here at Student Craft. Um, it was a project designed by a student of mine that is a graduating senior. Um, she had spent you know, spent a lot, all of last year just making chairs. Um, she uh, was fortunate to apply for the uh, Chairmaker's Toolbox Scholarship at Lost Art Press and get it. Oh, great. So cool. She went there and learned with uh, Chris Schwartz and Aspen Golan and the whole group of that class. If you pay attention to the people that were in that class and what they're doing now, it's so cool. Um, everyone's impressive. Um, but Katie, Katie Bister, who is a student here, she's now actually manager over at Pinecroft. Um, she made over the course of the year. Um, now she was going to college too, her senior year in college. I think she made about 20 chairs um, and at least 12 of them were of a completely different design. Uh, so what we did is we kind of boiled that down to kind of our favorite component of all those chairs. And then we decided we wanted to make them rockers. And we came up with a couple of cool prototypes. So I guess over the past couple of months, I've been figuring out how we produce them, making jigs. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's just such a fun process. Kind of daunting making eight chairs. I have one student in right now that can, can help me a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's a daunting process. So uh, figuring out a process that's fun is first and foremost. But I just tapped the last dowel pin into the uh, rockers today. Tomorrow finishing starts and they should wow. be finished. So are there rockers, are they blade rockers or are they going into, uh, in other words, is it a blade that fits into uh, um, mortise in the legs or is it vice versa where the... A slot cut into the leg. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, those, those are fun. It's always Good fun leveling rocker. those things too. Yeah. Well, thank you. And then I've also got a cabinet, a tall cabinet on stand that we're, we're doing a show in Wisconsin, University of Wisconsin. Uh, Center for Material Culture. There's going to be a student craft show there, and all of the all of the staff is making a special piece for that. Um, it'll be a little bit about the history of student craft, and it'll also cover the product that we make out of student craft. So it's kind of like a three tiered show. And that cabinet, it's something I've kind of finished, but I still have to make pulls and put in the door catches and deal with the nails that I shot through the inside. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, no. that, like, <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry to laugh but i've been there no it's good <laughs> the end of a end of a big project like that i i just can't bring myself to do the little things the little oh, things God. that act like just a lot so a few little things to do with that and friday i'm committed i'm saying it here committed to finishing it on friday um because i've got a class rolling in at pinecroft next week and if i don't get it done this week i'm not sure what's going to happen well, it sounds like it sounds like you have the uh, next uh, few days set for you. Then, well, I do. Well, yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about Bria College uh, of Student Craft and Pinecroft and how all that works together. Yeah. Well, I came here to uh, Bria in December of twenty-one to work with Student Craft um, in the Woodcraft department. Now, Student Craft is comprised of woodcraft, weaving, ceramics, and broomcraft. Um, it was founded and I think it started in 1893. So it's a long history of making here at Berea. And that's changed throughout the years. Essentially, student craft was, was started, um, I believe, by the weaver Anna Ernberg. Um, but a lot of it was, was started based on necessity. Like the college needed a building built. So the wood shop at that point was more like building structures. Um, they would have a shop that made bricks. There's a pretty cool building here where it shows like the, the bottom course of bricks is like really sloppy and some sad looking bricks. But they, as the building goes up, you see the skill rise and all of a sudden there's, you know, interesting cornices and like the window treatments are, are you know, so it's, it's kind of fun that way. Um, it's an interesting place. Uh, Berea College was founded in 1855 by an abolitionist. It was the first... Um, co-educational and interracial college in the South. So picture that 1855 and interracial college in the South. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. So it's been a place of forward thinking people for a long time. So it's, it's kind of a special mission. And, uh, you know, even back then wanting to bring black people and white people together and get them to work together um, 
was an important mission and it still is today. Um, yeah, now, you know, the Berea focuses on bringing in people of ec- economic need, mm-hmm. the students that just couldn't afford a college education. It's a free college, so nobody pay- pays tuition that goes here. So you come to Berea, tuition free, but it's also a work college. So the students that work with me in Woodcraft, it's essentially like a job for them. So they, I have students that are in nursing. I have students that are in business. I have students that are in all different you know, realms of, of what a liberal arts education might be, but they're assigned to work here in the woodshop. So you might show up as a freshman and just get randomly assigned to work in the woodshop. And for some people, that's amazing. Some people, eh, not really into the woodshop, but I think it's a pretty cool opportunity for them. Um, we really enjoy what we do here. Like to teach them about woodworking, but also teach them about kind of what working life is all about. College is tuition free, so basically, for it being tuition free, the students have have basically they 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 work and they produce goods that y'all sell and things of that nature. So you said you have a wood shop. Are there other? Could they be assigned other shops? Yeah, they yeah. could be assigned to the weaving studio here at Student Craft or ceramics, or they can be assigned to the ground screw uh, mowing okay. the lawn. They could be assigned to the forestry department. Um, they could be assigned to the farm. We've got a college farm. Uh, they could be an office assistant at the, you know, at a library. A lot of them are TAs and they get paid for all this too. So they're not, they're not working for free. They do get, they get free tuition, but they also get paid for the work they do. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, can they choose like, Hey, I would rather be in the, in the wood shop yeah. than the, okay, cool. You can choose, um, but only after their first year. So when they come in as a freshman, they're assigned a, a labor role. Um, and we get resumes from incoming freshmen. So if I see somebody that looks like they had some craft, some woodworking, some, some interesting experience. Um, yeah, then I'll ask for that student to be assigned to the wood shop. They work about 10 hours per week. So, you know, 10 to 15 hours per week. So they might pop in for a two hour shift on a Monday and a two hour shift on a Wednesday. So it's an interesting environment here. It's, It's pretty when, Schools in full swing every day is not quite sure what's happening next, but uh, we managed to make a lot of a lot of really beautiful things here. Yeah, I like gauge gauge people's interests. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, it's not. I don't know if someone is not interested in running the bandsaw and the table saw. I'm not interested in having them do that. You know, exactly, exactly. But a lot of people are. You know, we have um, we have some amazing machinery here. We've got a Panowitz bandsaw from 1920. Um, but we also have a CNC machine and a laser engraver. And, uh, and we have all the things that, that a modern shop would have. Um, but I find myself leaning on the students because I have no idea how to operate a CNC machine or a laser engraver. Um, mm-hmm. So like the chairs that we're making right now, I worked with Katie in, in designing, designing them and sort of working on making them. Um, but I showed her how to hand carve a seat how to hand carve a seat the way I hand carve a seat with like an angle grinder and then finishing up with travishers and folk shaves and all the chair makers tools and things like that. We had a student that was, he had broken his collarbone. It was a sad thing because he was one of my students that could use the joiner and use the table saw and use the planer. Like I could send him off to like do that stuff. Yeah. And I lost one. Um, But with his broken collarbone, he was just, you know, I had him start to like work on the computer and like work on the laser things. And he ended up taking a photo of our hand carved chair seat, importing that as a digital file and figuring out how to cut that out on the CNC, which is amazing. Now I find myself making eight chairs and I don't have to hand carve each one, <laughs> which is pretty. Yeah, that's that's and nice. It's an yeah. educational yeah. experience for him. It's a real practical practical experience where there's a real problem that needs to be solved. You know, it's a little, it's a step out of the classroom and into the real world. And that student actually got a job. He was a graduating senior as well. He got a job based on the story of him making that program for the chair seat. (laughs) So that's something I'm really proud of and excited that, you know, excited that we can facilitate a place where that can happen. That's great. Now, now are those the chairs that have kind of like the, I want to call it like, Kind of like an acorn scoop out in the middle of it. 
Yeah. Yeah. Those are beautiful chairs. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or I think I saw a chair. I thought maybe it was a rocker. I mean, well, yeah. The, yeah. the rockers are what you're working on right now, yeah. right? That's the... Correct. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. yeah we, the... done, we did some stools last year. Mm -hmm. So the, the kind of triangular shape of the stool seat echoes into the chair seat. They were kind of trying to make a, a little bit of a design language there. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, and, and the stool, the three-legged stools that we make were also kind of skill building, looking toward making a chair. So people could start to understand the round mortise and tenon joinery, get the experience turning rungs and stretchers, all that kind of stuff. So, yes. Well, that, that is cool. Well, now, how does Pinecroft come into uh, this? Pinecroft was formerly the Kelly Mailer School Woodworking. I'm not sure if you guys mm -hmm. that ring bell. Mm -hmm. That's when I um, when I visited, you know, Berea years ago with my kids just on a spring break. That was because of the Kelly Mailer, you know, and the first WIA was down there. Yeah. And so walked around town, saw the college, but go on. Nice. Yeah. So Kelly sold the school, the his school of woodworking to Berea College, and now Berea College owns it. Um, Andy Glenn ran the school for a, quite a while, um, and now I just took over as director of Pinecroft. So there, you know, we do classes with visiting instructors. I'll be teaching a lot of classes there. Uh, I've got a class next week, Foundations of Furniture Making. Um, that class is very much about learning the material um, and learning the tools, um, you know, power tools, machine tools, hand tools, finishing. In that class, we start with rough lumber and end with a finished table. Uh, last week, we had Katie Hudnall in doing her version of a bandsaw box, which is pretty amazing. Uh, the way that she put, you know, cut pieces apart and put them back together, it really elevates that the bandsaw box to a different thing. Um, so yeah, we'll have a schedule of a lot of, a lot of good classes. Kelly Mailer will actually be teaching a candle box class in october megan fitzpatrick will be there um also cutting dovetails in october on the weekend and we got larissa huff coming up with the tambor tea cabinet rebella mm -hmm. walker and charlie ryland coming through in february and yeah exciting times over there well, and we cool. have a new shop cat new shop shop cat you said <laughs> Fantastic. Well, well. So Pinecroft is kind of like uh, for your general hobbyist woodworker to come in and take a class, or someone that wants to get more advanced. Uh, you know, like a you know a few week course that kind of thing. Correct. Exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Yep. Open to the public. Yeah. Cool, cool. Open to the public. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And if anyone's interested, you can go out to Bria College. I'll put uh, links in there and you can see all of the stuff that they have for sale that the students have made. Not only woodworking stuff, but uh, they have all kinds of uh, blankets and uh, weaving and brooms. Brooms. Awesome I know broom. the brooms there are famous. Everyone yep. seems to want to have a broom or two. Uh, from the little mini brooms to the big brooms. So yeah, there's all kinds of stuff there. It's absolutely fascinating. And I, and the, the mission of the school is just so cool. So cool. Well, so tell us now you are now the director of woodcraft. So what does that entail? And, um, and so just how busy are you and when do you sleep? <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I sleep every day. Yeah. You know, I sleep, I sleep every night. Um, I'm busy, but honestly, I'm busy doing really fun stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't care about it. Um, you know, ev every day is busy and every day like, oh no, I've got all this stuff to do, but like, it's all, it's all fun. It's all making things. And that's kind of what drives me. So, uh, no complaints there. And I have two amazing shops within a, I live right between student craft and pine crops. I, and I live five minutes away from both of them. Um, so I have two amazing shops with two very different flavors. The student craft shop is vast. So it's, it's um, you know, it's probably the length of a football field from one end to the other. Um, if you forget your safety glasses, which I do daily, <laughs> but it's like a 10 minute walk back to the bench. Um, and Pinecroft is really interesting. It's two floors. So we've got the bottom is the machine, the machine room. So couple of table saws, a couple of band saws, a couple of joiners. Um, and then upstairs is the bench room. So it, you walk up the stairs, go to the bench room. And I taught a uh, cabinet making class there in the fall. 
And what's really interesting is as the week goes on, you start to make different decisions based on whether you want to go up and down the stairs or not. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I could zip this on the table saw or I could reach for this hand plane and maybe mess it up. Um, but I don't feel like going down the stairs right now. So, so it's kind of a, it's a special place and it's kind of nestled into the woods um, right under the mountains there. It's really beautiful out at Pinecroft. Well, that, that's fantastic. So, so you're actually going to be teaching courses out at Pinecroft and uh, then your day-to-day -day activities during the school year is just basically, you know, putting a schedule in place to help the students uh, build products for sale. Yeah. So we'll, we'll set mm -hmm. goals for, for the amount of, you know, what we want to make and the numbers of what we want to make them. So I just have to sort of think about, you know, as the year progresses, like what do we focus on at what given time? Then as the spring semester rolls in, like January, February, we move into like a design phase where we start to think about new products. We try to design something, something new every year. So that can be a little bit of a free for all in terms of figuring out what are we going to work on? Let's throw a lot of ideas out there and, and try them out. A lot of things are going to fail but we might end up with something. And, you know, I think that's kind of the coolest part is trying and failing. Because mm -hmm. so many, so many people see right now everyone's best effort and don't understand that failing is the biggest, biggest part of it. Like you've, you've got to try everything and do a miserable job. And that's how you build. Um, so we, tr we don't try to do a miserable job. Um, but <laughs> I think it's part of the, it's an important part of the process. Oh, definitely, definitely, yes. I fail all the time in my shop, and did a couple of times last week. In fact, I got to talk to Mark after our recording session about <laughs> some of my failures. But uh, <laughs> anyway, well, that that is fantastic. Now, do y'all ever get any commission work? Like you have someone that says, "Hey, I love the chairs you're making. I want a whole, you know, dining room set or something like that." Um, we avoid commission work. Um, okay, we will get we will get asked on occasion, um, but it. We, we like to design, you know, for student craft and put things in our catalog. Um, sometimes we do work for the college. Um, mm -hmm. Right when I came in to the job, I had to finish a 20-foot uh, extension table for the president's home. So it's maybe not, I think it was 17 feet. Mm -hmm. call it, let's call it 22 feet. <laughs> um, but this was a solid cherry um, dining table that the leaves were to add on to the end which complicated the the engineering of things. There's a lot oh, of yeah. for the yeah. leaves going middle, leaves going on the end, not so much. So, so yeah, the, the main section of the table is just a solid, solid tabletop, I think 12 feet long. And then there's three leaves that are added on to either end to extend it. So that was kind of like a, a custom commission job uh, for the, the president of the, uh, the college. Hmm. Well, that, that's, that is very interesting. Yeah. Leaves on the end. Yeah. That sounds like a whole different ball game. Definitely. Um, I'm sitting there trying to think about uh, stability over something like that too, that you got to take into account. Well, there's a, there's like the trestle table and it has a, you know, there's a, an extra leg that kind of slides out to the port. Oh, cool. Work that, that goes on there. And then the, uh, yeah, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> it's a large thing. 32 feet did i tell you that yeah i, I, I thought it was i thought, I thought it was 42 I thought it was yeah 40. I, at least 50 yeah. 42 <laughs> robert are you guys still hiring a woodshop manager yeah we are okay you should tell people about that oh yeah good point um well thanks mark yeah if you're interested in uh, working with me over here at student craft there's a job opening right now um it is a pretty cool environment to be in um, I'm definitely looking for someone that is going to add something to the shop, um, someone that loves to be in the shop, and that's really uh, really what I'm looking for. And I can I can vouch for how amazing that shop is. I I did a Lee Nielsen hand tool event there once, and I if, if my kid has any interest in in doing craft and college, I will be lobbying hard to send him there. So, uh, and the fact that he can get a degree without debt. That'd be pretty awesome. So, yeah, highly recommend the place. Are any of you guys going to apply? <laughs> <laughs> if I could move, I would be tempted. But I'm honestly the, probably the closest commute. Yeah, you if are that, the closest it, commute. It's a hell of a commute. <laughs> <laughs>
Yeah, but Mark could certainly get that CNC into shape. I, yeah, true. yeah, I mean, the, 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 a job like that, uh, like, I don't know, five, ten years ago would be screaming my name. Uh, yeah, it would have been, it would, I would have been like, oh, <laughs> I read it and I think, oh, but yeah, it's like, no, I've, I've got a business now. And, you know, it's, it'd be, uh, it's, it's not in the cards for right now. Maybe, maybe when I retire, I can get a job like that. That would be a, like a dream retirement job, even though it'd be 40 hours a week because it would just be fun. Yeah, it's a cool opportunity for someone that wants to do this every day. So wants to show up in the shop every day and make amazing things. Um, and there's a lot of support here too. So there's a lot of direction we can take this. And it sounds so, like it's yeah. it's a whole lot of like helping students solve problems. You know, like helping them. Yeah. You know, you know, look at different options, and you know, well, you could do it this way or this way or that way. You know, and based on these tools, we can do this and. Uh, seems like a really fun, stimulating job. It is, yeah. And developing developing processes that um, that are easily digestible to someone that is coming in fresh to woodworking is a fun challenge. So you end up making really cool jigs and surprising yourself and um, doing all kinds of fun stuff. Well, anyway, well, you are not, um, I guess. Uh unfamiliar with the uh, commission work and stuff like that uh, but you did spend some time at uh, the laurel woodworking studio if i'm pronouncing that correctly yeah. that's yeah. where i got started um in 2006 i went went there to become an apprentice so 2006 i had done no woodworking at all i just had you know i think i had refinished a guitar and said oh that was fun i you know used the sander i did everything the wrong way but I had like plugged in a sander and went outside and sanded wood. And that, that lit a fire in me to look, look for an opportunity. So I found one on Craigslist, um, an apprenticeship and I showed up and I got the job and yeah, that's where I started. So about three years of being an apprentice, working with a furniture maker that was doing commission work and teaching and getting to do it every day, you know, all day, every day. By three years in, I was sort of showing my own work and selling my own work and, and trying to pretend that I was a real furniture maker. You you started there in 2006, and uh, I think uh, you were there through, what, 20, through 2021? 2021. Wow. Wow. So that, yeah. that is fantastic. And uh, so so basically, what um, so you did the your commission work there, and you started to get known there, but you were also teaching courses there. Is that true? Yeah. So very similar to Pinecroft, we had a, a school there. Mm -hmm. um, we'd have hobbyists come in and sometimes professionals come in to sort of learn the way we worked. Um, and that was a big part of our business. I think most most people in woodworking see that you've got to diversify to uh, make a make a go of it and make a life of a career in woodworking. Um, so yeah, we do commission work and teach classes and that would sort of build our, uh, you know, you know our work yeah and is is that where you uh, met uh, larissa huff yeah so larissa came in as an apprentice just like i did in 2012 so luckily for me she came through and uh you know she had about the same same like three-year track that i did by about three years in she was also really really good and at that point we had we were able to collaborate with each other and that's, you know, some of our you know, best work came out of that collaboration and really exciting. Fun to work with someone else, someone else that pushes you and pulls you. And, you know, it's, I think you guys all probably work in your shops by yourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, there's, it's not often that people get to work with someone else, but it, it's a really cool, really cool way to do things in terms of, you know, working to each other's strength. So I think we did that pretty well. Well, that is great. And I think for a time, y'all, uh, the two of y'all actually ran the, uh, the school there, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I think that was probably 2017 through 2021. Okay. And then, and then I guess, uh, uh, Jeffrey Laurel decided at that point in time to retire and, and, uh, I guess correct. close the school. Yeah. So, yep. yeah. Well, interesting. Well, the, that set you up perfectly for your current job there at uh, Berea and, uh, Pinecroft then. Yeah, you know, I, I do feel, you know, genuinely qualified for this this kind of from that weird environment to this one. It, it's interesting, um, but yeah, 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 I'm kind of prepared for for what's what's happening down here. 
Well, cool. Well, one thing I, I need to mention with uh, some of the collaboration you did with uh, Larissa Huff is that uh, y'all were both awarded the Wharton uh, Ezrick Prize. So tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I sent, unfortunately, I sent my purple ribbon back to Larissa when she went to do her uh, fellowship at CS. Um, but she'll send it back to me, I think, in a, a six months or so. Um, that was, we did the Philadelphia Museum of Art Craft Show. So the Wharton Eshrick Museum gives out a, a prize for excellence in wood every year during the during the PM Craft Show. Um, and that was big for us to get into that show because it, it's pretty difficult to get into. Um, I believe that was 2020. So it was, we got into that show and it was a virtual show. Mm -hmm. which was interesting because we did several virtual shows with PMA and with American Craft Council. And we, we did pretty well in both of them in terms of sales, um, which is nice because those shows are intense in terms of you've got to pack up a van full of furniture and move it over the weekend and then do it again a few days later. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> so it was nice. It was nice to do well in online shows. Um, and it was fun to, to get that prize. Um, yeah. Have you, have you, any of you been to the Wharton Eshrick Museum? No, no, I have not, but, uh, it's, it's on my short list. And next time I'm up in that area, I'm definitely going to go there. It's a transformative experience to walk in there. Mm -hmm. Like, honestly, it's, it's just amazing. Every nook and cranny is made, um, and, and made in the most amazing way. So nothing, nothing is easy. Everything is crazy angles and crazy curves and sculpture and you think about like would i make a if i would make a light plate, like would i do that you know would i make those choices to make it that complicated um so it's inspirational and what's even more inspirational is if you look at the the furniture in there think about he started making wooden furniture in his 40s so it gives you some inspiration as a as an old man that you know life's not over there's still a Still plenty of time but you should all go there yeah yeah it's it's yeah. it's on my short list of, of places to visit um i've gone to some on the west coast but i haven't gone to that many on the east coast yet so yeah yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a place all woodworkers should make a pilgrimage to for sure mm. yeah it, it sounds a lot like sam Alouse place that's the that's the closest i've been to that something like that so far well yeah. show up and thank you <laughs> exactly exactly yeah we uh we uh i was fortunate enough to do one of those behind the velvet rope tours at the gamble house and uh, i'm sure it's it's similar to that as far as you go into the details that the green and green folks did and stuff like that and uh yeah i can definitely see some of the vibes and i imagine the uh Ezric, uh place is uh, a lot better lit <laughs> okay <laughs> it's like... yeah we would classes classes there on field trips at mm. lore so on like a Thursday of class in the evening, we'd finish up. And it was it was really interesting because we'd be spending the week explaining them to all the students how furniture is made and how you make everything mm -hmm. 90 degrees square and you do this and you do that. And then you go to the Eshrick Museum and all those rules are turned on its head. Yep. So, so we're showing our students this like, well, we said that, yes, but, but here's a really successful way to not do it like that. Exactly. Well, I'm sorry Brian couldn't join us today because I'm sure he's probably been there because it's not too far away from where he lives. But uh, talking a little bit about, you know, some of the stuff you've done. So what are some of your favorite furniture pieces? And do you have the luxury of actually building furniture for yourself at this point in time? Well, I think I'm, I'm my house is pretty much full of furniture. So I, I have I have furniture pieces that, you know, I haven't sold. So something that I've drug around to shows and it never sold. So mm -hmm. it lives with, um, I made a dining table uh, for us a little while ago. I've got a bunch of random chairs. Um, <laughs> so I don't really need to make things for myself right now. My my house is kind of full of furniture, although I could upgrade my IKEA dresser, but it works just fine. Uh, I actually have one of those too in our spare bedroom, which I'm actually uh, podcasting for. And it's like, this IKEA dresser, it's going on. 25 years, I think, maybe older than that. <laughs> <laughs> That's back um, when Ikea made the good stuff. 
<laughs> exactly, because I mean, it survived at least four moves since. Uh, oh, since that's I impressive. It, you know, which it's impressive. Yes. <laughs> Maybe it's all those drawers and blades and dividers mm -hmm. and things to make it strong. Yeah. That was a Billy bookcase. It had been done three moves ago. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But uh, but so um, so you don't have a so you got a house full of furniture and stuff like that. So are you doing any commission work at, at all or any of that kind of stuff? Um, I think the last commission work I did was um, a cabinet I called the patchwork cabinet last year that mm -hmm. we did at and craft show. Um, that was for a person in Chicago. Um, but I'm really not seeking out commission work right now, which I'm kind of happy about. Um, I'm in a place where I can make what I want um, for exhibitions that, that we're doing here at Student Craft. I like this tall cabinet on stand. Is, it's a jewelry cabinet. I'm not sure if anyone will ever want it, but it, um, yeah, it, it's not really. In, I don't know if it's going to be for sale or not. We'll see. We'll see. I like <laughs> it. A lot. Well, cool. Well, what is what is the uh, your style of furniture that you like to make? Uh, do you have a particular style that you gravitate towards? Well. Style is an interesting question. I, I don't know. I couldn't give it a name. I always think of music in terms of style, like The Clash. Mm. The Clash is inspired by reggae music and punk rock and, you know, rockabilly. Yeah. Uh, or the Rolling Stones are, you know, inspired from a lot of different places. So I, I wouldn't ever say that, like, I'm inspired by Bauhaus and I make Bauhaus furniture. Um, I am inspired by Bauhaus. You know, there's some flavor of that in some of the pieces I make. Or I'm inspired by Wharton Eshrick, and there's some flavor of that in some of the pieces I make. Or I'm inspired by Green and Green, and there's some of that. And, and you know, so kind of, kind of bringing all those influences together, um, I make furniture that the Clash would want to buy. I'm sure. Well, that's 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 fascinating. So that that is cool. Now you've also, um, besides all of your teaching and um, award-winning uh, furniture work and stuff like that. You also written a number of articles for uh, fine woodworking. So tell us a little bit about that. And you've also done with some other magazines too, right? Yeah, I've done, I've done one article with fine woodworking. Um, Larissa and I teamed up on, we were doing a kitchen at the time we'd made some poles. So we did an article with fine woodworking about those, those poles, which is kind of a fun process of a lot of jigs and make, making something, making small parts safely pretty much. I've done a lot with Woodcraft Magazine, um, a lot of articles with them. I think I have one on the stool that we make at Student Craft coming out in the, uh, in the fall. So if you're interested in making our uh, People Collection stool, you can uh, check out the article. Or you can come to Pinecroft, and uh, we did a class on that at Pinecroft in the spring, and that was super cool. There was about you know six of us, I think six students, plus me and Katie that were teaching the class. We ended up making 25 stools over a three-day weekend, which is pretty fun. Kind of like a, a small shop production approach to making things. Uh, I think Larissa and I had a had a profile of furniture and cabinet making magazine, which was pretty cool too. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, writing articles is it's really nice when you're teaching those things because you get the artists to make exploded drawings and all that kind of stuff and it's really nice takeaway for students and classes uh, really nice job well cool well cool well you've told us a little bit about uh the shop at least uh as far as pinecroft so you said the one that you currently uh there at uh, bria is is like a football field long so uh you said you had cncs and uh, old bands also what else what other type of equipment do you have in there? so we're the we're the have three spaces really. So we have a bench room so mm. where a lot of hand work is done. We've got a lot of cabinets with hand tools up on the walls and we've got, I don't know, 15 workbenches or so in a pretty big space. Then we have the machine room, which is the next room over. And there we've got two table saws, three table saws, like a big slider and two saw saws. We've got a couple band saws. We've got a 36 inch planer that we don't use. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm looking to sell it. Does anybody want a 36-inch planer for the garage? Um, <laughs> no, no, the I don't think garage. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you need. Yeah, I'd have to expand my garage a little bit. I got a 12-inch. That's good enough. <laughs> it's right. one of those old beasts that has like the sharp, the sharpening setup built into the top of it, and it is a a bus, an old bus planer. So probably also the 1920s. It's a beautiful machine. It's massive, um, but. 
it's just our 20 inch planer is perfectly fine. The small planer, um, <laughs> quote unquote. <laughs> yes. yes. The C blank planer. Yeah. Yeah. And then we've got a bunch of drill presses and, uh, the laser engraver, the CNC machine. We've got a copy lathe. We've got, I, I think here in the bench room, I've got 10 lathes, um, nice jet lathes and a powermatic lathe with a fancy like vacuum chuck system really spoiled with all of the, all of the equipment here. I recognize that and take advantage of it every day. With that said, do you have a shop at your house? Um, no. So okay. I, I have a, I have a really nice shed. I have a shed that there's a lot of, it's a lot of promise. Maybe one day, <laughs> but honestly, it's, it's like a three minute drive for me to come. Yeah, up exactly. Here. It makes no sense. Yeah. So if I would have a shop at my house, it would be so frustrating knowing that I could have done the thing in like 30 seconds up here where it, it would take me probably an hour and a half to do it there. If, if, if I make a shop at home, it's just going to be one I like can escape the family in mm -hmm. just like leave that stand there and stare. Maybe you just need like a big soundproof room with a record player and a stereo and a lot of clash albums. Like that's, <laughs> that's what you need instead of a shop at home is like a music yeah. studio. <laughs> well, I have a creek. I have a creek that runs behind my house. So that's my my little happy space. There you go. Where all these animals go through. This week it's snapping turtles. Lots of snapping turtles this week. I get beavers. I get muskrats, raccoons, all kinds of fun stuff. You may end up with a pond one day if those beavers get busy. Mm. The beavers are busy. It's amazing. Me and my son Sid go and mess up their beaver dam every like once a week or so. <laughs> but it's so it's amazing how quickly they can build it back. Like yeah. I think they're watching us and just laughing because it, it would be like 15 minutes for them to just make it better. <laughs> well, that is so cool. I love it. Well, let's move on to our uh, fortnightly beer choices. So I'll start us off and I'm just drinking our, my normal house beer, which is the Guinness. So <laughs> with that, uh, Sean, what are you drinking? Oh, you're right on to me. I'm, I'm actually coming from Northern Michigan. I brought down something I picked up on the way. Uh, from Sheboygan, which is a fun city to say. Yes, uh, it is. Sheboygan Brewing. Uh, it's a blackberry blonde ale. Uh, it's it's a it's a blackberry blonde ale, I and mean, it's exactly <laughs> what it what it says it is. It's it's got that blackberry taste, and it's otherwise lightly blonde, um, but very good. I doubt it has wide distribution, but should you find Sheboygan beer, just get it because it says Sheboygan on it. It's fun. Is it Sheboy Sheboygan, Minnesota? No, Michigan. Or Michigan. Michigan. Okay. Michigan. I didn't know there was a yeah. Sheboygan. I saw the spelling was different. I never I didn't know there was a Sheboygan. Oh, is it really spelled different? How, uh, how does well, yeah, in, in uh Wisconsin, the Sheboygan is SH, not CH. So Oh. Um yeah. So I was like, Oh, is that a it's... Yeah, no, the, the Sheboygan, Michigan is is up there in that it's in the Travers, uh Charlevoix. The, there's a bunch of bunch of cities in a row up there, but um definitely a northern Michigan city. Well, cool. y'all both taught me something new. I only thought there was one Sheboygan. So me too. I learned that, about and whole... and if it if it's ever on TV, you know, it, w w the mystery it'll be like like The Simpsons, the Springfield. You know, it's which Sheboygan exactly. are talking about? Exactly. Know? Exactly. <laughs> so, Mark, where are you drinking? Just water. Just drinking water today. Good man. Good man. Good man. Yep. Stay hydrated. hydrated. Stay yeah, hydrated. It's hot here, man. It's hot. No, it's not hot there. It's hot here. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll let you have that one. We give you plenty of. No, it's not cold there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, Rob, uh, do you have anything to recommend? I'm enjoying a uh, Rheingeist Truth. Excellent, excellent. Cincinnati uh, beer. Oh yeah. My my father-in-law was in this weekend, and my wife. I think he likes twisted tea. So my mm -hmm. wife stocked twisted tea, and I was wondering what it would say about me if I brought a twisted tea in. <laughs> um, drink it if you I, got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. drink it if you got it. Hey, exactly, exactly. I, I, there, you know how many times I've had Miller Lite on this show? Like, I mean, seriously, <laughs> everything's okay. Everything's right. okay, yeah. I even occasionally dip into the ciders, occasionally. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so with that, so Robert, where can uh, folks find you on the interwebs? Um, well, you could find me at uh, pinecroftwoodschool.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, bcstudentcraft.com robertspeece.com I'm Robert Spees on Instagram and you can follow Pinecroft Wood School on Instagram um, way too many 
way too many uh, to list there. Exactly. Exactly. Well, yes, yes. If you if you look for Robert, and uh, I'd recommend uh, just doing a Google search for you, and uh, there's all kinds of fun stuff that pops up. So anyway, Mark, what about yourself? Where can folks find you? You can find me at yep. uh, Mark at Mark Builds It on Instagram or uh, JoinEffort.net forward slash MWA if you'd like to subscribe to my uh, my newsletter and get all those videos that I talk about. How about you, Kyle? Uh, you can always find me at uh, on Instagram at Barton.Kyle or BB Custom Tools, bbcustomtools.com or on YouTube under BB Custom Tools and Kyle Barton. By the way, those uh, videos I posted on the lathe uh, tapering jig are only available on my Kyle Barton YouTube channel. So mm. look for those there. So, Sean, what about yourself? Oh, as per usual, you can find me at SeanW78 on most social medias, including threads. Although just like other social medias, I don't usually put anything out there. So none of my content, but I'm there. That's a good point. I haven't even gone out there. I know that anybody that has an Instagram account has a threads account, but I haven't even looked into that and I probably won't. But anyway, I mean, it looks like it's it's trying to take over, but we'll see. We'll see. Like, well, they, like many others. They're over 100 million yeah, uh, it blew daily up. active users. It's pretty pretty rapid growth. It's, yeah. it's easy when you've already got all the customers. They just have to flip a switch and they're on. <laughs> yeah. Well, they let me know when it's app. easy. Let me know when it's easy to post pictures on that. I don't know. I haven't looked I've at it yet. I've seen pictures, so it's supposed to be there. I don't know the ease of use, but it's there. Because it looks like Instagram is pretty much video only at this point in time. But That's uh, what they want. Yeah. So Well, with that, uh, so do we have any reviews? We do. We got a couple of reviews from uh, Dawson's Moore, Dawson Moore's episode, episode 458. Uh, Bills underscore Yard said, listen to this in the workshop the other day. A pleasure to be in such esteemed company. Dawson is an inspiration to us all. Thanks, guys. Regards, Alex at Bills Yard. Uh, Benjamin Allen Furniture said, great episode. It was everything I hoped it would be. And SS, well, S. Sibich, I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't think it's meant to be pronounced. Says, oh, boy, look forward to it. So um, if you want to want us to read your uh, supportive or funny comment uh, on, on this, on the podcast, please go to our Instagram account uh, and leave a message there or even better go to wherever you're listening to this podcast and leave a review so that other people will know about it. And, uh, and we'll get to hear their comments too. And that just about wraps it up for this show. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the show on the podcatcher of your choice. Just search for the Modern Woodworkers Association. And while you're there, please leave us a review. You can follow us on Instagram at MWA underscore podcast. And if you'd like to support the podcast, go over to patreon.com slash MWA podcast. But the best thing you can do is tell a friend. Word of mouth goes a long way in sharing our discussion.